sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, yo! What's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia, and welcome to Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. It is me, it is the Eric Young, and it's you, and we're taking you through the next two hours here on the network, talking fantasy football, talking a little bit more hockey wagering, too, for you enthusiasts, and we've got a whole lot of other stuff to get to. It's the last Fantasy Sports Today of 2020. I can't believe it. We got here. We got sports back. It was a tumultuous year. And if you asked me last year at this time, would I be sitting here on the last day of 2020 hosting a show with my buddy Eric Young on this network? I would have said, that's probably not going to happen. Yet here we are, my friend. Look at us. What a crazy, wacky ride it's been. Yeah, 2020 has been uh, uh, up and down for everybody. I was talking to my wife and some of my buddies. Last New Year's, I was in Dallas. Uh kind of hosting a, a, a Nashville Predators get-together at this awesome bar, Brain Dead Brewery. If you're ever in Dallas, go check it out. It is an absolutely amazing spot. It, that seems like two lifetimes ago, uh, and it was only a year. Uh, look, I mean, 2020 is in the rear view, guys. Uh, hopefully things are on the up and up. Things are turning around. Um, we got through it. We're here. We got sports back. We're talking fantasy sports. It could be way worse. I, I get 2020 was bad. It was bad for everyone, yours included. Mm-hmm. But we're going to stay positive. We're going to move forward. And we got sports to distract us. Let's do it, Joe. That's right. That's right. And we've got FanDuel stuff we're going to talk about today. And that's good distractions. And and look, you know, as, as difficult as 2020 has been, and, I, and I'm very lucky compared to a lot of other folks, and I recognize that, you know, I this was like a big pause for me. You know, sometimes we get on that hamster wheel of life, it feels like especially when you got kids and things and, and you know, the kind of job that you have, you get on that wheel and you're always going, this was like a pause this year. And, you know, although homeschooling had its challenges, I have to say, it's it still, it was this amazing time where I got to spend even more time with my kids. And as a stay at home parent for 10 years, you know, I got two kids who are going to be basically preteens pretty soon and they're not going to want to talk to me. So this was great. I got all this time here, this extra time with them so I'm going to focus on the positives here. Got to do so much work here on the network. Got to hang out and do a new show with you uh, and, and Matt Stryker on game day. I mean, there's been a lot of positive things that I'm really pleased about. And and it's been a, a great learning experience. And I think my big takeaway for 2020 is just, you know, let's, let's just all treat each other better. You know, like the better angels of our nature is just easier. It is. Like all the vitriol and all the stuff and all the negativity. At the end of the day, it just doesn't get you anywhere. So I want to be positive. There's a lot of sports to be positive about. That's a good thing. And let's start with the NCAA because we got college playoffs is going to be happening tomorrow, New Year's Day. Notre Dame, number four, taking on Alabama. It's probably not going to be pretty for Notre Dame, but hey, anything can happen, I guess, right? At the end of the day, Clemson and Ohio State, that game might be a little bit more competitive, but it's hard not to imagine Clemson and Alabama at the end of things, Eric, being the two teams playing in the national championship. Do you see any upsets here from Ohio state or Notre Dame being potentially on the docket this weekend? I mean, the truth is is at this time of year, college football is amazing to watch. I don't follow it. Like I follow the NFL. I just don't have time, but what I love about college sports is that they're kids and they make mistakes Mm -hmm. and mistakes makes for exciting games. A team could be up 
27 points and then the other team still has a possibility of coming back because it is just wild it's the world juniors right now are happening uh in red deer alberta that's another thing i watch it every year i've done so for 15 plus years welcome into the radio uh listeners we're talking about how exciting college sports can be i mean in college football to me uh it's something that i do like to watch i will be watching those games nursing a hangover probably tomorrow and uh that's definitely a good it's definitely a good way to do it is lay on the couch get the blanket on put the slippers on big bottle of water and watch some college football because who knows what's going to happen now you're speaking my language. You may be a vegetarian now, but you still can go for the whiskey once in a while. That's why I still like you. All right. Uh, let's talk a little baseball here. It seems as though rumor might have it that the Blue Jays and Mets are the finalists for George Springer. Now, I hope so. Uh, I don't want to lose, lose George Springer to the Blue Jays as a Mets fan. That seems like a really uh, upsetting thing to me. So we'll see if I get my present for Christmas that I asked for, which was George Springer under the tree. Not him physically, just him on the Mets. Just to be clear, Steve, in case you're listening, Mr. Cohen. Uh, also, Buffalo will allow uh, fans for the playoff game, which is huge. It's great. And speaking of huge news, it's been an incredible year for women in sports. We had Kim Ng get that general manager job for the uh, a couple weeks ago for the Marlins. And now Becky Hammond becomes the first woman to serve as a co- coach. Last night, she was able to coach in the NBA game uh, due to circumstances. And, and let me tell you, that is just fantastic. It's incredible to see that happen here uh and is you know not not as i hate when people say well as a father of daughters now how about as a human being isn't it great to see that we can have gino Oriema coach women let's have some women coach some men i mean i was an athlete in high school if i had a female coach i think that would have been cool i just want a good coach who knows what they're doing i don't really care about their gender and i think it's spectacular they're getting so many female referees in in sports in the nfl you're seeing female coaches there eric it has become a different landscape right now i think for not only the female athlete but also the aspiring female in either coaching or general managing or just in sports in general yeah i mean this is obviously way overdue uh, the fact that this has gone on this way this long is, is surprising to me um like you said i i don't care about the gender i just want them to be good um you know I mean, there's tons of women that that are are qualified overqualified and it's about time that this happened it's a cool thing to see i'm glad that we're talking about it i'm glad that we're seeing it and we're living history in the positive yeah positivity the power of positivity right here on the channel i love this i feel like we're leaving on a high note which is what i like to do now obviously we got a lot of stuff but we're going to start with nfl today because don't have any fantasy left we got FanDuel. come back with us we'll tell you our picks SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So your fantasy football season is over, you say? No, it's not, because we've got week 17 on FanDuel. We've got playoffs on FanDuel. we got a whole lot more to do. And if you've been watching Fantasy Game Day with Eric Young and myself every Sunday with Matt Stryker, 
you've been playing along with us. So we're going to bring some of that knowledge here today to Fantasy Sports Today, talk about some of the bargains and some of the payups that we like this week. And obviously with so many players out, there's going to be a lot of new names and maybe some focus that goes to some other players too. We'll discuss some of those as well. But, you know, let's take a look at uh, where some of the values might be this week. And let's start with a few games. And you'll notice a theme here with some of these games that I want to target specifically because you want teams that are playing for something. You want teams that are going to be competitive with their opponents as well. That way you can kind of pump up the scoring because the one thing in week 17, we all know defenses, they already have their plane tickets booked. They're going home and a lot of teams that don't have anything to play for. Well, guess what? They don't feel like playing all that hard and I can't blame them. It's a, it's a tough game. Week 17, everybody's banged up. Everybody's hurt. Just trying to get through. Good news is we've got a couple matchups here with some overs that really are very appealing and a few teams that are playing their best football right now. So let's get after it and let's start with the Cowboys, believe it or not, because Andy Dalton has actually been on a pretty good run. If you're looking for a cost-effective GPP quarterback this week against the Giants, and yes, the Giants' defense has been good at times, but at this point in the season, I think they're kind of just running out of gas. Andy Dalton is at just 7.1K. It's a pretty good value there for him. Uh, what's shocking here is you'll see a couple other guys in Dallas. I've never seen 6.5 next to Ezekiel Elliott's name in my life, EY. I don't know what's happened here, what they're trying to tell me. But last week, he actually looked good. I guess the adjustment came a little too soon because after this past week, how do you not at least take a shot on a lineup or two with Ezekiel Elliott at that price, my man? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a bunch this year where the, it's kind of these record lows for players that are always like the eight, eight and a half, nine. So, I mean, at that discount, how do you not do it coming off the game that he had last week? Um, like you said, the Giants, are they don't have anything to play for. They're playing for pride and it's not they're just going to give up. But that extra effort isn't going to be here. That's human. That's the human condition. It's just the reality. Dallas is, is, is battling. They're, they're trying to win this division. They're trying to get in the playoffs. Uh, so they've got a lot more to lose. So I mean, Zeke Elliott at that price, I don't know how you don't have him in your lineup. Yeah. I mean, this is reminding me of the week where we did best Taysom Hill lineup wins when he was uh, uh, qualifying at tight end, but playing a quarterback. And we just said, look, Sometimes there's things that is good chalk, and this is starting to look like the good chalk to me. I don't know about you, EY, but it just feels like that's the case. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. I'll go down with the ship. But the Giants do have a lot of respect for themselves, and it is an in-division opponent. And I do believe the Giants will find somehow to be competitive at least for a few quarters in this game, if not for four. Uh, C.D. Lamb is the other guy I want to put in this list, too. Now, you can go with Cooper. I wouldn't chase Gallup. I think what happened last week with Gallup was just that circumstance with that poor, poor corner, Michael Jaquette, who just got blown up, and they just kept going after him, going after him. I don't think that's going to be the case this week, but C.D. Lamb is getting the ball in all kinds of different ways. C.D. Lamb can score points in different ways, and the price of C.D. Lamb at 6.1. So this little trio here with Dallas, I think, is very cost-effective. It can allow you to go up to the board if you want to go for Derrick Henry this week if you want to go for Alvin Kamara this week and pay up at running back somewhere else uh in terms of cost-effective tight ends I'm gonna go with John U. Smith who's back and healthy I love him in the red zone he's got a great matchup against Houston spoiler alert we're gonna talk a lot about the Titans because they're playing the Houston Texans this week and JJ walk and yell and scream all he wants at everybody and he's right about everything it's not gonna make the Houston Texans good defensively overnight it's not gonna change the effort or the lack of commitment they had all season, that doesn't correct itself in six days, okay? I'm sorry, it just doesn't. And and you know what? I expect the offense of Houston to show up in this game. Deshaun Watson showed us that much. 
that he's ready to show up. But Johnny Smith is that piece too. Yes, he has to catch a touchdown, but I think the touchdown equity is there. Uh, there's going to be no Travis Kelsey on the slate, so it changes the dynamic of tight end. Tanyan's a guy who's a little bit cheaper too. You can go down that road a little bit at tight end to some other guys. you got Kittle back in the mix this week as well, especially with Ayuk out. But uh, it seems to me like Jonu might be an intriguing play. Once again, I don't know if I do it in a single entry. I think it's a multi-entry play. But I do think he has some upside against Houston. Do you agree? Yeah, I think like a point that you said earlier in the show is about, look at Houston. They don't have anything to play for. But that doesn't matter to Deshaun Watson. We saw that last week. And I feel like uh, there's going to be players on the the team that step up because of what J.J. Watt said. That makes for me, the Tennessee Titans even more valuable because this will be a more competitive game. Uh, I think the Houston Texans will score because the Tennessee de- defense has been absolutely awful. So it, it's going to be a back and forth. I think the Tennessee Titans win this because they need to. Houston doesn't, but it's going to be more competitive than I think most people are thinking. And I think that means that there's going to be a higher score. So if I, for me, the Tennessee Titans are DFS gold this week. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And before we get to more Titans, because we will have more of them in the next clip here, that Seattle defense, they keep chugging along. And guess what? They're the same price as they were last week. And I loved them last week. So why not this week at 3.9 against San Fran? CJ Beathard's playing quarterback. Brandon Ayuk is out. Raheem Mostert's out. Look, I get it's an in-division game. I get it's a road game. But you know what? Seattle D is for real. They've been playing excellent. They're putting up at least nine points in the last four games. I think they're going to put up another 9 or 10 or 11 in this one. If that's the case, if you even get to 12, well, that's a 3x value for a defense. I'll take that any day of the week. All right, let's go to the big ticket items for week 17 and talk about where you're going to have to spend your money. So those are guys that are cost effective. It save you a little bit of cash. These are guys that are going to cost you a lot, but hopefully you get what you pay for. And let's start with this stack. Oh, my goodness. You notice something? I want to game stack this. Look, I want to go into this Houston and Tennessee game so hard. Okay, Ryan Tannehill, 8.2K. If you want to go even further, you can go for Deshaun and pay up for him. Might even be better. Derrick Henry, uh, a huge salary there for him, too. He is actually 10.2. My apologies for the graphic. Uh, he's actually a 10.2 uh, salary for him. A.J. Brown is the one that's 8.4. That's been inverted there, so my apologies on that. But, look, you get the idea. They're expensive. They're good. There's what you want there. Uh, Mark Andrews. Uh, is the tight end I would pay up for. I like this matchup here against Cincinnati. Uh, Once again, Lamar Jackson paired with Andrews. You have a good opportunity there to go at him. And uh, I I think when you have J.K. Dobbins, when you have Lamar, when you have Andrews, that's a nice little grouping too. Yes, Lamar's expensive, but J.K. Dobbins is not. He's still around 6.4 this week. And that Baltimore defense I think is worth paying up for. I know Cincinnati has been good. But they've also been good recently against some teams that have been not so good. So for me, this Baltimore Ravens defense, watching them the last month or so, they are taking it to the next level. So I feel good about if I'm going to pay up for a defense that I think Baltimore is the one to pay up for, especially with all the injuries that Cincinnati's had offensively. So what are your big ticket items this week when you're looking at the board? Do you want to go all the way up to the top for Derrick Henry against Houston, who's terrible against the run? Do you want to get in this Houston game with me, or do you have your eyes set maybe on something else that you want to pay up for, perhaps the Packers or the Ravens somewhere else. I mean, for me, Derrick Henry will be motivated this week. He, not that he was bad last week, but he was not what everyone was hoping for. And I think that includes himself. Uh, He's going to be running angry. Like you said, the Houston defense is awful against the run. The Tennessee Titans, they run the ball, guys. Like every week, 
he's going to get the work when they're behind. It doesn't matter. I think they're not going to be behind. I think they're going to want to control the ball. They're going to keep it away from Deshaun Watson. And the best way to do that is to run the ball, pound onto this defense, and that's going to happen all day long. For me, uh, that price, look, it is high, and you're, you're setting yourself up uh, – to have to find discounts in other places. But I think Derrick Henry this week against Houston is almost as automatic as it gets. Now, would you take the savings of about $600 or so and go to Alvin Kamara, who's in that nine, nine and a half range or so? Would you, would you do that? And look, it's a good matchup against Carolina. No doubt about that. I I don't want to chase the six touchdown game that that happened. That's in the past, but with Michael Thomas out is Kamara, the pivot to going all the way to the top of the board against Henry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the offense is definitely flowing through Kamara at this point with Drew Brees back in the lineup. Um, He is not able to push the ball down the field because of the broken ribs. And he just, I mean, he hasn't done that a lot in the last couple of years. That's not the quarterback that he is, but he's ultra accurate. He's super smart and he knows how to get players the ball that need it. Kamara is a great, great play. I think maybe even a better play than Henry. Yeah, it's kind of limited in terms of where you want to pay up. Now, the good news is if you're going to pay up for Kamara or Henry, you can still have Ezekiel Elliott, who's an elite pack, at a ridiculous discount. And that's why I think the ownership for him or roster percentage is going to be so high because you are in a spot there where it is, you know, basically mitigating all that cost. All right, we're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to talk about some of the lines and whether or not the wrong team is favored. We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Every week we sit here and we go over the lines, hours and hours of discussion. Well, we don't have hours now because, well, 2020 is almost over. So we've got this segment. Welcome back, everybody, Fantasy Sports Today. And it's time to look at whether or not the wrong team is favored. And we've got some matchups that are pretty close. And obviously some of them you might say, well, why is it so close? It's because you've got players that might not be playing in certain games and these are going to be moving quite a bit there's been a lot of movement already in the last 24 hours so please keep an eye out for this movement over the next few days as more and more news continues to break on who's in who's out and who's going to be playing in some of these contests and a lot of them are very important so let's start with this one here because miami is heading to buffalo their season on the line the number's one and a half. Now, the Buffalo Bills, normally, if everybody's playing, I imagine this would be six and a half or seven and a half, probably somewhere right there, because Buffalo has been that good. And it's no knock on Miami, but Miami's playing, you know, <laughs> they're they're playing the spin the bottle with their quarterback right now. And I don't think that's a great situation to be in. I don't know how you could be confident not knowing who's going to be the quarterback when you go into this game and who's going to be the quarterback by the time you're at halftime. However... Regardless, the Dolphins keep winning football games. So right now, this number is still with the possibility of Josh Allen maybe playing a little bit and Diggs and those guys maybe coming out. We still don't have clarity on this. But it is an in-division game. It is a Miami team traveling to Buffalo in January. And I just want to throw that out there for anybody who's not talking about that. So I will ask you, even with all the circumstance of what's going on, the Bills being favored by one and a half, Eric, is the wrong team favored? 
I don't think so. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are maybe the most complete team in the NFL. And we talked about it yesterday. I feel like we've talked about it every time I've been on the show. This starting Tua and then Fitzpatrick coming in to clean up the mess. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. If I'm a player on the team, I want to know who's starting at quarterback. And what I want is I want Fitzpatrick because he gives us the best chance of win. I feel this is ownership and the GM you know, trying to prove that they're right by where they drafted to uh, and, and and this, that, and the other. And like, it's time to put egos aside. It, this has been, you know, maybe the best season in the last 10 years for the Miami Dolphins. And you're leaving it up a chance by playing spin the ball with the quarterbacks. Do the right thing. Start Fitzpatrick. He gives you the best chance to win, which is why he's coming off the bench to, to come back in games. It's just absolute nonsense. He should be the starting quarterback. He should have always been the starting quarterback. It's no slight on Tua, but the reality is he's a rookie and does is not as good as Fitzpatrick right now. I love when you get fired up about this stuff. It's the best. It's my favorite. You remind me of me where I get all crazy about things. And this is why we're a good pairing yeah. because we've got a lot of passion and we have a lot of opinions. And I got an opinion where I got to tell you, I think this is going to catch him eventually. It hasn't caught him yet. It almost caught him last week. A great play saved it. I think the Buffalo, especially defensively, is going to have something to say in this football game because they've been playing off the charts yeah. the last few weeks defensively. I don't think Miami's going to make the playoffs. And I know I'm in the minority here. Everyone's like, well, and Miami's a good team defensively, special teams. Miles Gaskin had a great week. I think Miles Gaskin, we're going to talk to with uh, Andrew Erickson next about him going into 2021. I, I like what I've seen out of him this year. But my goodness, uh, I think that Miami actually is going to, you know, you can't keep doing this here. You made the right decision by drafting Tua. That's never the wrong decision, that's your future. But I will say this, I think Fitzpatrick has played well enough this year that he's going to get another spot somewhere next year to at least compete for a job. And I think that's going to be something to pay very close attention to. I mean, how how would you like if you're the Rams to bring Fitzpatrick in a little bit just in case Jared Goff keeps making mistakes? That would be intriguing, wouldn't it? But uh, I actually think the right team is favored here, despite all the possibility of Buffalo not playing guys and despite everything going on, how well Miami's played recently. I don't know. Something about Buffalo in January. Maybe it's just old Joe Pizapia thinking about his childhood. I think it's going to be a tough out for them. All right. Jets and Pats. Oh, gross. I can't believe we're here. What a what a terrible thing that this game means absolutely nothing for everybody. The Patriots are three-point favorites here at home, which is just giving them the benefit of the doubt they're at home. But the Jets are coming off back-to-back wins here. And and the Patriots look just god awful. Josh Allen has more touchdowns I think thrown this year in in Foxborough than Cam Newton. It's just crazy. And here we go. The Jets are coming in here. It's probably gonna be Adam Gase's last game. They've won two games. They were almost beat the Raiders. Do you think that the wrong team is favored here? I know it sounds crazy, but this will be back to back years where in Week 17 the New England Patriots would lose at home to end the season once to the Dolphins to the Jets. Can it be so? The Patriots are going to lose this football game. Oh. That's, I mean, it's literally as simple as it gets. They they have been absolutely awful. So. They, I mean, they might, they <laughs> might currently at, at this juncture might be the worst team in the NFL. The Jets have won two games against pretty good opponents. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the, the players, I'm, I'm sure, are pumped up. They're feeling themselves a little bit. They don't have a lot to play for except for each other. And, and I mean, the, the reality is, is, I think any other time I'm probably saying Patriots, but right now the way these two teams are currently structured and the way that they've been playing the last two or three weeks, Jets are going to win this football game. 
I, I I can't argue against this. Therefore, I will not argue against this. I think the right team is probably favored because it is still Bill Belichick. But, ugh, God, I, I'm with Eric. I would take the Jets side of this game. All right, next one here, 425. Arizona Cardinals are three-point favorites. Kyler Murray's going to play against the Rams. Obviously, this one's changed a little bit in the last 24 hours. Now that we got some clarity there with Kyler Murray, he's going to play. He's going to play hurt. John Walford's quarterback. This feels like the right team is favored, right? I mean, I know the Rams defensively have been very good, but, you know, I don't expect John Walford to be able to just show up here and be spectacular. Now, he might. It would be for a great story, but I don't know if I want to be writing this story necessarily, and this feels correct to me. I think Arizona should be favored in this game, despite their shortcomings as well. So I'll put it to you. Do you think the right team is favored in this one? Is Arizona indeed the favorite? I feel like if I was using my own money, that that's probably where I would put it. But if I was using someone else's money, I'd be I would be betting on the Rams. I got a weird feeling about Walford, and I don't think that he's a great quarterback. But I think it's going to be very glaring of how bad Jared Goff has become. I think that he's going to be able to use his weapons and get the ball in the hands of these playmakers. And I think it's going to be a completely different Rams offense this week because of the quarterback change. It might be. It just might be. You may be right. It's sort of from a betting standpoint. That's that's where you make your money on this one is the Rams side. But the right team is favored. Uh, definitely Arizona should be favored in this game because uh, although they are inconsistent, they, they have uh, health on their side, the healthy quarterback. Now, this one's a little puzzling to me. The Eagles just lost last week to Dallas, lost the week before. And, and now they're home favorites against the Washington football team. And I understand. I get it. You know, Alex Smith is is not 100%. I understand there's been a lot of drama with Washington, but Antonio Gibson's back. I mean, the defense has been outstanding. How in the world is Philadelphia favored in this game? I think the wrong team is favored. I think Washington should be favored in this game. I don't care if it's on the road. Home road doesn't matter. There's no crowds anyway. What's the difference? I don't get this one at all, and I think Washington is going to be ready. I think all the Haskins stuff now behind them, you know, Ron Rivera did a good job there. He he tried to make it work. It did not work. He pulled the Band-Aid off, just ripped it off, and said, nope, we're just going to move on here. I think it's a great message for the rest of the team. Chase Young's been made a captain now. Uh, look, I, I just believe in this defensive front, and I'm a defense kind of guy, especially in fantasy. I like those IDP leagues. So for me, I think the wrong team is favored here. What do you think about this Eagles-Washington uh, matchup? I, I think you're right. I, I think probably that this – you know, the line was set because of the, you know, the questions at quarterback. Is Alex Smith going to play? You know, does he start? How, you know, how healthy is he? I feel like you said the other day, they're not dropping. They're not, you know, getting rid of Dwayne Haskins if Alex Smith isn't ready to play. I believe that he's ready to play. I believe they, they believe that he's ready to play. And I think having a healthy Alex Smith and that defensive front, Chase Young is a maniac. This guy is one of my favorite players to watch on the defensive side. He's going to be a pro bowler. Uh, he's, I mean, if he continues to play like this, he is a no doubt Hall of Fame defensive end. And that's, I mean, that's, you're saying a lot. I mean, this is a rookie season, oh, yeah? but this guy's a savage, man. He is an absolute yeah. beast and, and changes the, the way the game is played. You mean like mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts is mobile and he's going to have to be because he's going to be running. That offensive line is absolutely putrid, guys, right? Putrid. putrid. Bad that's offensive line. And, and Jalen Hurts is going to be running for his life. I, I, I think yeah, you're right. I, I think this is the wrong, wrong, wrong line. I don't, I don't get this one at all. I really don't. Uh, Montez, no joke either. All right, we always like to do one of these That's two. Right. Is the line too big? 
I understand Jacksonville's bad, and you know, EY making fun of my Pat saying the worst team in the league. I, I'll still put Jacksonville up there as the worst team in the league. Colts are 14 point favorites mm. in this one. I know it's in Indianapolis, but seems a little big to me. Uh, I mean, I know the defense is terrific. I get all that. Jonathan Taylor's been running with the football. That's been great. I, I, I definitely think that you know they should be favored by double digits, but 14, is that number too big for you? Uh, I think it seems like a lot. I think that the Jacksonville has shown that, that they're going to play, you know, they're, they're going to play, they're going to work. They're going to, to be scrappy. I feel like they take their lead from, from Minshew or Glennon or whoever's going to be at quarterback. I think it's going to be Glennon, but I, I'm not a hundred percent on that. Um, the Colts are good, but uh, 14 does seem like a lot. And Joe, I, I disagree with you. I think the worst team right now in the league is new England. Take look at, look at the offensive players. I mean, they don't have, any any decent players? Oh, I, mean, I, know. I know. No no stars on the offensive side of the ball. Jacksonville is a quarterback a- away from being a very effective team. Yeah, they're going to get that quarterback, aren't they? They're going to get that quarterback. I- I'll say this: the the Patriots, I believe, are a worst offensive team. There's no doubt about that. But I do believe they're a better defensive team. So that that's that's where I'll leave you on this one. But um, yeah, and and I'll tell you what: the worst thing. I hope they do lose. Because the worst thing they could have done has been a six-win team this year, which is what they're going to be probably, and that's just ugh, frustrating. If you're going to be bad, be really bad. Get somebody who can help change your game. But we'll see. It's a good wide receiver class. Maybe they end up with a Devontae Smith. Who knows? Maybe there's some other guys out there that they uh, could end up with. Uh, the kid from LSU, too, who didn't play this year, who sat out. Uh, there's there's definitely some pieces there. All right, Andrew Erickson, we'll be back from Pro Football Focus. Right back right here on the Sports Group. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. And it's Thursday, and that means our good friend Andrew Erickson from Pro Football Focus is going to join us. And hopefully all of his leagues are over and done, and he's not one of those fools playing in Week 17, which is just the worst thing ever. I mean, I went on a rant about that yesterday. Andrew, you agree, right? Like, what are people thinking about trying to squeeze that last week of the season in? I mean, that's what DFS is for. Right. That's why they made DFS so that we could play more in Week 17. I, I get the allure. You want to continue to play. You want to keep playing fantasy. But, you know, there's a reason why we have these rules implemented because the most likely week that teams are going to rest their starters. You know, it's, it happened before where they rested their starters even before Week 17. Right. But that's more unlucky. But, look, we know that, hey, the Chiefs, you don't have Patrick Mahomes. Like, it becomes unfair advantage during your championship. You had Mahomes the entire season. Now you just can't use him random because the team is too good. Yeah, so, it's, um, yeah, it's just the dumbest thing ever. But that being said, <laughs> we, 
week 17, a lot of people are starting to get in, you know, trying DFS if they haven't just, you know, kind of one offs, but also they'll be playing FanDuel and they'll be going on there and they don't realize that week 17 is also some of the highest pay lines because of what goes on. And basically what happens is defenses basically go home. <laughs> you know, let's, let's be honest. A lot of people at the end of the season, guys don't want to get hurt. They have their plane tickets ready to go and they're done for the year. A lot of teams, but that being said, there are a lot of teams that are fighting for things. So when you're looking at the DFS slate this week, are there certain games or teams that pop out to you? I know for me, I'm looking at that Houston matchup. I don't care, you know, what JJ Watt has to say at the end of the day, that defense has to all of a sudden show up in this last week of the season. I think that's very unlikely. Therefore, Tennessee is a team I got my eye on Baltimore. I think that game is going to be competitive. Dallas, clearly. What are the teams for you? You've got your eye on coming into this week, 17 from daily standpoint. Well, one team I'm trying to learn more about is the Bills right now because they are being really hush-hush about what they're doing. But even before, I thought maybe they would want to play. They really want to play in front of their fans. But the, the Steelers kind of showing their hand, saying we're not going to try to win our game. We're fine with the number three C. I think that makes sense for the Bills to just kind of go in and kind of rest their guys, even against the Dolphins, who are in a win and in, you know a must-win game to get into the playoffs. So I like the Dolphins side of things, you know, especially with the running back position with Miles Gaskin, because I don't know if the Bills are really going to try and stop the Dolphins. The Bills are banged up. You know, Cole Beasley's hurt right now. It's kind of been under-talked about. He got hurt at the end of the Patriots game. But And one thing I looked at was the lines. You know, the Bills opened up as four-and-a-half-point favorites. It's now down to one point, mm-hmm. and there's been no news that's broken where – Oh, you know, the Bills are going to rest their starters. Someone's probably got some insider information and they had, a meet, they had a meeting. Sean McDermott had a meeting. And then after the meeting, oh, well, the line drops to one. So, yeah, you got to put two and two together, read between the tea leaves here. So I think that the Bills are ultimately going to kind of rest their guys. So you can't touch any of those types of players. And ultimately, like, I want teams, games that are featuring teams that both have something to play for. So even a t- game like the Chargers and Chiefs, people might try to load up on Justin Herbert thinking, oh, Chiefs got the backups in. But you need competitive games for the most fans exactly. points together. So right. Justin Herbert, for me, especially because the Chiefs defense is pretty good. Herbert's been kind of eh, the last couple of weeks in terms of fantasy points. So Herbert is someone I'm trying to look to avoid where others may be. Hey, he's going to play a bunch of backups. He'll do really good. It's not what I'm looking for. You know, I love when people create a new phrase by combining two other ones. So instead of reading between the lines or reading leaves you're reading in between the tea leaves <laughs> which i love which is really hard to do i just want to point that out to people only andrew erickson can read between them that's why he's wearing the glasses today now let's let's move on here and talk about a little little housekeeping here at the end of the season and speaking of the bills who you mentioned this last little rant of yours josh allen's gonna end up at the top fantasy quarterback this year most likely and that is something that I think is is pretty incredible, all things considered. I, a lot of people didn't have him a lot of uh, anywhere near there. A lot of people were worried that maybe he couldn't even be a quarterback one. Now, I wasn't one of those people. I don't think you were either. But here's my question. Going into next year, who's the first quarterback off the board for you? Is it still Mahomes just because of where you're at and how consistent he is year over year? I imagine that's the easy answer. And if that is the easy answer for you, then who's number two? So it's still going to be Mahomes for me, number one, because just the consistency with it. I don't need to worry about, oh, my God, he could totally fall off. Like, it's not out of the range of outcomes that Josh Allen regresses substantially. You know, his completion percentage went up like 10 percent. Like That's that's a lot. So for it to come back down 5 percent to 65 percent, which is kind of more average quarterback play, that would not surprise me at all. And that's obviously going to affect his his fantasy numbers. So, yes, it's still Mahomes for me just because he's the most reliable. It it was kind of like Aaron days where it was basically quarterback one or quarterback two finishes for like six straight years 
Like, you don't have to worry about it. And I think that taking uh-huh. Mahomes first, you just have that confidence that no matter what, he's going to be at least, like, at worst, a top three quarterback. I'm not going to get burned by taking him like what happened with Lamar Jackson this year. You got burned if you didn't, you know, make it this far with him. And, right. and for me, honestly, my number two is probably going to be Deshaun Watson because hmm. the guy just continues to ball out no matter who he's playing with, no matter who he's throwing the ball with. You know, he was an elite player with Will Fuller, and he's been an elite player without Will Fuller. He's averaging 23 fantasy points per game with and without Will Fuller in the lineup. Been basically zero difference. Again, he took a little dip when he also lost Brandon Cooks because, right. okay, come on. like There's right. only so much a guy can do, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, if they can acquire a couple more weapons, you know, whether it's a Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, operating him as a slot receiver, moving him out there. They go after Allen Robinson. I don't know what they're going to do in the offseason, but Sean Watson, he just has the entire package. He, he's a really good quarterback, and I think that ultimately he is the whole package. I think that he could be the one that's kind of overlooked the most, which is what I'm going to be jumping all over. All right, let's shift gears to running back a little bit. There's some names that ended up in the top 10 this year that I don't think a lot of people expected. One of them was David Montgomery, who ended up at number six. We got Aaron Jones making a repeat uh, top five performance as of right now. And James Robinson, another guy people didn't think. But looking at the rest of this group, you know, you got guys like Jonathan Taylor, uh, Antonio Gibson's finishing right around RB12 potentially this year. So for you, who are those guys that you're looking forward to to end up as RB1? Will Montgomery do that again next year, in your opinion, or are you going to bid on him as such? Is Antonio Gibson a guy that you have your eye on? Who is it? There's some of the names maybe that are on that fringe of RB1 uh, at the end of the season that you think are going to be solid RB1s going into next year. So the player I can already, you know, envision the article I write about. Oh, you know, you already. The best value running back you can draft this season and for 2021. And it's going to be Miles Gaskin. Because oh, if you look okay. at him. That was not the name I thought you were going to throw up. Sorry, let's do it. If you look at him in terms of expected fantasy points, so basically looking at, okay, based on his opportunities, you know, how many points should he be scoring? He, on a per game basis, he was ranking as a top six running back. So. The usage was always there for him. And even when we saw guys pop, you know, Salvin Ahmed had a good game here. Matt Breida had a good game here. Okay, Gaskin's back. All right, back in the lineup. Bell cow. You know, he outbeat Jordan Howard. He got Jordan Howard cut. You know, right. he was better than Matt Breida. So the guy seriously has talent. He showed upside as a pass catcher. We saw it against the Raiders. He took a freaking a pass all the way to the house for a 50-yard touchdown. So for me, he's not going to get talked about at all because he's kind of in that, like, James Robinson mold. But even Robinson's got the more hype around him as the undrafted rookie free agent, whereas Gaskin really kind of was like a rookie year for him. It was his second season, but he didn't do really anything his rookie year, and he kind of came out of nowhere. It took a lot of people a couple of weeks to buy in to be like, oh, like he's actually the starter in Miami. Miami has a top pick. They could draft that guy from Oregon really up that offensive line. So for me, Miles Gaskin is going to hmm. be like smash pick potentially in the fifth or sixth round as, you know, maybe this year's kind of David Montgomery, where you know the volume is going to be here for him. And if he just is a little bit more efficient with an up-and-coming offense with Tua, man, I'm going to be all over Miles Gaskin. I like that. I like that a lot. And I'll tell you what, from the eye test this year, I was impressed with Gaskin. He had by far the most burst there. Now, of course, comparing him to Jordan Howard, everybody, I have burst <laughs> compared to Jordan Howard. But you're right. I, I think when you watched him play this year, you saw those moments. He is a little undersized, and that's fair. But then again, a lot of running backs are nowadays. It's a different game out there. And if they do draft a lineman and don't bring in another running back, 
I can see that Gaskin thing actually being something. So um, when it comes to tight end, it's Kelsey and everybody else. Waller's pretty good too, but it's amazing because there's absolutely no separation. Once you get past, like <laughs> once you get past the two tight ends, everyone's got somewhere between like 140 points and 169 points. So it's, it's crazy when you're looking at that, that being said, does that mean you're one of these people like me now? And I'm a convert where I'm going to be aggressive on Kelsey. And if I miss out on Kelsey, then I just wait like I usually do. Or do you want to make a case for another guy somewhere in the middle that you think might actually rise above? Is it a bounce back year for Mark Andrews if they bring in a wide receiver and free him up? Is Robert Tunyon continuing to be good? Where are you at with a tight end position at the close of the year? I'm getting crazy Tyler Higby vibes from Robert Tunyon. Just that's that's what I see. Just like an un, I mean, just look at it. You got to look at unsustainability. But Higby was a huge bust this year, and every fantasy nerd out there wanted Tyler Higby and Hayden Hurst to be a thing, and neither of them happened. So I don't want to. I don't want. I don't like you calling him Tyler Higby. In fact, I, I think that's an insult. No, I. That's that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Tanyan, look, he has what ten touchdowns this year. You know, Rodgers has a you know one of his highest touchdown percentages of his career. And look, that's just going to come down. You know, you, you want to chase targets, not necessarily a guy that's catching a bunch of touchdowns. You know, a guy catching double digit touchdowns back to back seasons, especially with Devonte Adams there is going to be tough for him to do and to replicate. So Tanya, I think, is going to get overdrafted, just kind of my initial takes on it. And I think that even Hawkinson might be a little bit overdrafted because he kind of slides in because he's at the top of that like that tier that you mentioned. And I think that's just going to kind of push him up where the difference really isn't that drastic. Should he be the number you know four tight end, you guess, after Waller, Andrews, um, George Killer, number five tight end. So I think Hawkinson might go a little, might go a little aggressive. But I think Noel Fant's probably the guy, especially yeah, with there you the go. way that now, getting, now you're speaking my language, <laughs> especially because he has dealt with some injuries here and there. But I mean, he kind of offers the same upside as Hawkinson, except he's going to be way cheaper. He was not nearly as flashy, but he's kind of come on the last couple of weeks. He's had a couple of big games, but as long as he stays healthy, I think that he can really be that. I mean, that Denver Broncos offense has a really chance to be exciting. You know, what do they do at quarterback? We still don't know, but. We've seen you know, a different quarterback inserted, you know, Matthew Stafford with all those weapons would be a lot of fun to watch. Now, when it comes to wide receiver every year, I try to look for guys who are going to jump from one category from threes to twos and twos to ones. And last year going into the season, I should say, was DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley. And that worked out well. Now, next year, those guys for me. Early names for me of C.D. Lamb and T. Higgins because I both of them had quarterback issues there. But you saw, oh my goodness, if things break right for these guys, productivity-wise, they can be there. Who are some of the names for you that you think can jump a class in wide receiver from threes to twos and twos to ones? I think the obvious one, maybe it's not obvious, but Deontay Johnson on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, just guys has been a target machine, and look, he hasn't been that super efficient with his targets. But look, the opportunity's there, and that's because he's always open. You know, the guy knows how to separate. That's what has been his calling card ever since he entered the NFL. It's not like he's competing with scrubs to get the ball. I mean, there's a lot of good receivers on that team. you got Juju Smith-Schuster. you got Chase Claypool. James Washington gets involved. And, look, they, the team does not look like they're going to re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster. So that really clears the path mm-hmm. for Deontay Johnson to be that alpha number one wide receiver. And Big Ben is, is coming back, apparently. So, I mean, it's, that's good for Deontay's targets. But even when he played in 2018, he you know, he was the leader of all the rookies last Last year in catches right and that was with mason rudolph and hodges or and that's hodges, why i loved him so. coming into the year i had all the deontay johnson i could handle in ppr because i like you thought the volume would be there and he was impressive with terrible quarterback play yep so that would be you know the second year guy would like take the leap and then i think that a rookie receiver that'll probably take the leap next year is probably jerry judy because yeah that's the guy he, he 
profiles as the route runner. He's always open. And I was actually listening to something earlier today. Uh, it was actually on the PFF podcast uh-huh. of, with Chris Collinsworth uh, interviewing Richard Sherman and Xavier Howard. And Xavier Howard was like, when I was facing Jerry Judy, he like, he made me move my body in ways I did not know I needed. <laughs> Basically just from complimenting his route running. And look, it's, it's been all Drew Locke for the most part. You know, right. I chart, you know, the uncatchable air yards essentially and jared judy is literally at the top of the list he is the basically cover boy for the dubbed prayer yards uh which is obviously making so fun who's of air your, yards. so if you had an ideal quarterback next year to throw to denver who's your ideal guy i mean i would like stafford because stafford is not afraid to throw the ball downfield and he'd have a plethora of weapons to work with and that defense is going to be a lot better next year because they've had so many injuries you know across the board that defense has a really good shot to be legit especially with fangio running the show Well, look, I'm so grateful all season long, and I'm sure all of our audiences, too, that you've spent time with us. So please go spend time with him over at PFF. Follow him on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore. Happy New Year, my friend. It's so great having you. More fantasy sports today right after this. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. From Andrew Erickson of Pro Football Focus. We're very lucky to have had him all season, and hopefully he'll stick around for January. A little football playoff talk and maybe a little look ahead as well. We'll also, in the new year, get you some draft talk as well from the 2021 NFL draft. There'll be a lot of things to decipher, break down, and get some talent uh, evaluated. But before we do, we always end the first hour with a little trivia, and the question is, and Eric Young keep the streak alive. He is two for two going into today. Three for three would be a clean sweep. It would be very impressive. So here we go. Who is leading the league in QBR this year? Who is the best rated quarterback of 2020? Is it A, Aaron Rodgers, B, Patrick Mahomes? He's pretty good. And C, Deshaun Watson. Which way are you going, EY? A, B, or C? Um, I've... This is tough. This is actually a tough one. I feel like it's maybe it's a bit of a trick, but I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I think technically he is the best quarterback in the league. Just, I mean, his mechanics are unbelievable. He never seems to be rushed or hurried or worried about much of anything. So Aaron Rodgers is my vote. You have officially embarrassed our fearless leader, Craig Mish. You've gone three for three on trivia. (laughs) Unbelievable. Three for three. He doesn't get three in a month. You got three in a week. No wrong answer. I'm terrible at this, usually. Admittedly terrible at it. And uh, well, I don't know, maybe and I have 2021's my year. Uh, there you go. Things are looking up. And they haven't been cupcake questions. I think they've been all you know, pretty good. Oh, wait. Actually, actually, he's saying it's four for four this week. You are? Are you four for four? We are? Unbelievable. No, no. It's three for three because we didn't do trivia on Monday, Chris. No, no. We never do trivia on Monday. There's too many games to break down. Don't give him too much credit. We don't want him getting crazy here going into the new year. Three is four enough. for four. That sounds better. All right, go ahead. Say four for four, then you can. I won't tell anybody. When I hear, but, when uh, I hear the the number three, I only think about being pinned. I don't. Like <laughs> well, here's a question for you: Do you think Aaron Rodgers? I mean, look, you could say Jordan Love might have been the biggest influence on him, right? I know we're almost at the break, but really, Jordan Love really kind of stoked Aaron Rodgers up again, right? Unbelievable. Lit a real competitive fire there. That's for sure. 
All right, hour two right around the corner. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot more football to break down. Also, we'll tell you who is out of this week's games. Important information you need to know. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay on the grid.